What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. Coming at you Monday through Friday, every single weekday. Start your days with it. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Let's let's get a let's let's do a little hating in today's show. Revisiting our haters guide, my everyday listeners, shout out to my shout out to my everydayers. If you listen to the daily podcast, if you listen to the show every day, you'll remember that at the start of the postseason, I put together an episode for the haters guide, which was how to root against every team in the league so they experience maximum chaos, so it would benefit the Portland Trail Blazers. Well, as we get deeper into the playoffs. Teams keep getting eliminated and chaos keeps consuming them. The beauty of high expectations is colossal failures and colossal failures means big ramifications and often big changes on the horizon. So in today's show, we'll go through the teams that have been eliminated and talk about how the Blazers can take advantage of the chaos or the big changes that are going that are going to come for those teams because teams that lose in the playoffs, particularly teams with playoff, you know, championship aspirations like in Phoenix and like in Philly, when you lose, things change. It's inevitable. So let's let's get to Hayden. We'll start as we do in the Western Conference. The Suns flame out. Do what they do. Lose by 30 and end up being 25, but lose by 30 at home in a closeout game. Game six, they get throttled by a very good Nuggets team. But losing to a very good Nuggets team, it's one thing. Getting absolutely handled for the second year in a row in an elimination game means you got to look in that mirror and say, what is going on here? And the Suns, led by new owner Matt Ishbia, said one of the things that's not going to be going on here is the coach. Monty Williams already fired, and more changes are likely on the horizon for a Phoenix Suns team that went all in, four picks and a swap to acquire Kevin Durant, getting rid of Mikhail Bridges, getting rid of Camp Johnson. Uh, Chris Paul's 37, about to be 38. They've got real, real problems, and also they got a financial hurdle to overcome. They're looking at Four players, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant alone, alone puts them well over the salary cap line. It's it's an expensive core. It's an expensive core. They're into the luxury tax as they sit here today uh, without changing the roster at all. Something's going to change a a little bit. We'll see what that means. Like, you don't fire the coach and do nothing. Right? Like they're not going to run it back. And I think the way this that the the season ended for Phoenix, uh, DeAndre Ayton was, you know, he didn't play the final game because of because of an injury, but he had uh, you know, he had been not playing down the stretch or playing limited minutes down the stretch in, in favor of Jock Landale. Um it, you know, it was it's hard to guard Nikola Jokic, and I and I think that they missed DeAndre Ayton in the final game because of his screen setting and a little bit, but like Super reduced role, really big questions about his motor. I think he is um, maybe not a stone cold lock, but whatever, like a normal lock. <laughs> One of those cable locks that they if you, uh, lock your bike up downtown, they'll just snip it in half and steal it. Get a U-lock, y'all. Get a U-lock. Um, so, like, chain lock, DeAndre Ayton is gone. Um, he is, he's he's going to get traded. And and I think, like, if you're the Blazers, DeAndre Ayton is not a perfect target right he's not you don't look at DeAndre and say like that's the dude that's going to put us over the top but if the asking price for DeAndre and once included Anthony Simons it certainly does it now the Phoenix Suns are in a position where 
it's clear that Aiton is um, maybe not not part of the plan because I think him and Monty Williams, uh, the separation between of coach and player, like could lead to um, you know a, ch- a change in how how it all works. But more moreover, like because of the expensive roster, they're going to have to make a decision. And a dude who wasn't even playing down the stretch in the playoffs and has questions about how how hot his engine revs. He's the dude you move on from and try to get cheaper, right? You say, like, we can get the same. This dude makes 30-some million dollars a year. We can get the same for 14 and a half. And I say, what about 17 and a half, like Yusuf Nurkic? What if the Blazers offered Yusuf Nurkic and Azir Little and, and, you know, the other parts that made it happen? I think in the past you would have to offer picks because Aiden was, like, thought of in a certain way, but I think his value has dropped a little bit. I don't think Nurk and Nas is necessarily enough. If they make Aiden available, they'll get other offers out there that are maybe, maybe sweeter, but... Yusuf Nurkic and Nazir Little works financially. The Blazers have a slew of second-round picks they could offer. Um, they don't really have picks to trade, and I don't think I wouldn't be in favor of trading, like, um, certainly not multiple first-round picks, but even a first-round pick for DeAndre Ayton just because of his price tag, right? Like, you try to pre- you try to bully the Suns into giving up stuff, and you say, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, uh, Nazir Little... Go find a better deal, right? And I think you consider kicking the tires on that. The reason you consider kicking the tires on that is because DeAndre Ayton is young. I think while he is not a perfect answer for Portland's skills, there's more to DeAndre Ayton than we saw in Phoenix. I am I am very confident that he is a better basketball player than what he's shown in Phoenix. One, he only played one type of defense. He didn't really get to play an aggressive style of defense. Chauncey Bobes plays that way. Two, he stopped getting to post up. Like this year, he just was like a pick and roll guy. He just he basically was reduced to a pick and roll guy. Um, he has touch around the rim. He doesn't always play hard. He doesn't dunk it when he's around the rim. He like puts it up soft. He has a lot of the same frustrations that Yusuf Nurkic brings to the table in terms of consistent effort and finishing around the rim with, with force. And he's paid twice as much money. So like, yeah, like I'm not exactly like, I'm not exactly ringing the bell. I think he's a better basketball player. I think he's more skilled. I think there's more to him. He's got 15 foot jump shot. It's pretty good. He's a good pick and roll guy. There's something there. He makes, you know, $90 million over the next three seasons, maybe more than 100, 100 and some million dollars over the next three seasons at the end of a four-year max contract. Like, it's a ton of money. It's a ton of money. Not an ideal solution. But beggars, choosers, if the Blazers are looking for a talent upgrade and that's the price, I, I'm not saying do it. I'm saying strongly consider it. Make the phone call. The other team in the Western Conference that just got eliminated is the Warriors. Sounds like the Warriors might run it back, but I guess there's a world where Dame's well-documented pursuit and preference to play alongside Draymond Green, the dream could finally come to fruition. It would have to come to fruition with some sort of opt-in and extend. Draymond Green has a $27 million opt-in for next year. Uh, if he hits free agency, the Blazers can't afford him. Like they just, it's not, The money's not going to work. Um, they can't they shed enough salary to, make, to, to, to meet his demands. If he signs with the the um, Golden State, then he can't be traded in the offseason. So if he signs an extension, he can't be traded in the offseason. So it would have to be Draymond Green opts in. He has a wink-wink deal with the Blazers, gets traded to Portland for. I don't know what they have that Golden State wants. So a, a, a gold, uh, Draymond Green trade would be part of a sort of a larger ecosystem trade, like a multi-team deal where the Warriors get something that they want. The Blazers get Draymond Green. The Blazers send out commensurate money to make it work some some way, somehow. And that's what you end up with. Like, am I in favor of swapping Anthony Simons for Draymond? No, but that doesn't mean that the Blazers wouldn't consider it because, because Dame is very, 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 very much in favor of Draymond Green. The problem is I, don't, I think the Warriors might just run it back. Um... Like, 
<laughs> I think I think there's a chance that they just say this is a championship core. If we trade Jonathan Kaminga for the right player, we can win a title. Um, and I don't think that's crazy, right? Like I think they're getting older. Um, Draymond comes with his problems. Like here's my thing about the Blazers acquiring Draymond Green. Here's my thing. This is my podcast. This whole thing is my thing. My personal opinion about um, Draymond Green and the acquisition. One, he's really good. Like he's all defense this year. He's 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 a good basketball player. But the offense is becoming an issue. He doesn't look at the rim. He's not always aggressive on offense, and I don't think he realizes what a big problem that is. And teams don't guard him like he's not. He's a threat on offense. Really good defensive player. Really like sort of creative passer connector. But the lack of individual offense is catching up with him, and it's becoming a problem. And as he ages, like what makes him so special is the defense and the help defense. I don't think he's that's going to like crater next season. But I would not be, want to be the team that gives Draymond Green a multi three year contract for a whole bunch of cash and if the Blazers do end up acquiring him in the dream in the dream in the Dame dream scenario they're going to be the team that gives him a multi-year contract for a whole bunch of cash Draymond said in his um, interview after the game after the Warriors were eliminated that he wants to be back in, in Golden State I expect them to run it back but if you're looking for the haters guy that's the guy the Blazers can sort of seize on uh, to be clear all of the haters' guide is like involving the Dame stays scenario. Um, if the Blazers are going to blow it up, the haters are watching you. <laughs> the eyes have been turned around on the on the Trailblazers. So this is like from the build around Dame. All these the hater scenarios from the build around Dame scenario. Uh, I think I think that's clear. Uh, another thing before we go to the second segment is like the best thing that's happening is that teams like Phoenix are going to be in the trade market. And Golden State might need to be in the trade market, right? Because they might need to get upgrades. And the teams we're going to talk about next, uh, the Knicks and the Sixers, are going to need to be in the trade market to some extent. Like, more juicier names out there, more teams pursuing. Like, you know, there's a problem with there's more buyers than sellers. But um, if no one is going for a pretty weak free agent class and the CBA is such that more teams are going to have to make hard decisions about who they pay and when because there are more punitive measures for really expensive uh, rosters. More teams are going to be looking to shed salary or shed, you know, create space for a future contract they know they're going to have to sign or what it is and make those decisions. And more active teams is better for the Blazers. More active teams because it's more players in the in the portal. It's more players. It's more players in the market. More teams in the market. More ways to facilitate. More ways to get involved. They don't want a light trade market. They don't want to be the only suitors because they'll get pressed. They want to be a team that can say, "We've got a really good deal," and they don't have a deal that works because they don't want to take on this and that and make it happen and 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 um, be able to negotiate against other people or to get involved in multi-team deals where there are good players moving around so the Blazers can say, hey, what we don't have is an all-star, but what we do have is this is this flavor of salary relief. Let's make it happen. Um, I, I think that that is, is super important. Okay, let's talk Sixers. Let's talk Knicks. And then I want to close the show talking about Jalen Brown because he got an opportunity to get a whole bunch of money, and that might be a name off the list, or is it? That's what we'll do to close the show. But first, let me tell you about Prize Picks. I've been telling you about Prize Picks a whole bunch. I play it on my phone uh, on the app, but you can also go play it on PrizePicks.com. But right now, during the playoffs, is a really good time to get involved because every day of the NBA playoffs, up through the NBA finals, one Prize Picks user 
will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern time will randomly be selected each and every day starting already and cruising into the NBA Finals. So you've got about a month left to get involved in this. Whoever plays that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. If you get all six, a million bucks. You get five correct picks, $80,000. Four out of six, you get $16,000. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. That's prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at that link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. So visit it. Again, prizepicks.com slash million. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal and you could be the lucky winner. So go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. Sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users, you can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. You deposit 100 bucks, giving you 100 bucks. You deposit 50 bucks, they're giving you 50 bucks. Don't forget, enter that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. All right, let's keep it rolling. The haters' guide moves on. More teams lost. Let's let's keep on hating. Start with the Knicks as we move to the Eastern Conference. The Knicks probably overachieved this year, so their like need to blow it up seems a little bit overblown. They got good young players. There's a world in which they don't want to have Julius Randle. There's been some rumblings that they are specifically targeting Carl Anthony Towns. But if they're specifically targeting Carl Anthony Towns, it probably means Julius Randle is on the move. Do I think Julius Randle is good? I don't. I am not a big Julius Randle believer, but he's clearly good and certainly better than my opinion of him. He's been, two of the last three years, he's made all NBA. Two of the last three seasons... I don't. I constantly underrate him. Um, I, I kind of think um, his defense is overrated. I think the passing is overrated. I think the shooting is a little bit like you can just coax him into taking bad shots. I think the effort wanes and all that stuff. But he's really stinking good. Obviously, like he really is. Like I'm the dumb one here and totally fine. Like my opinion is such. Like I'm. I'm. I'm uh, maybe this makes me sort of unique in the podcast game. I'll tell you my opinion that I, I hold this strongly. But it appears to be consistently wrong. Um, so, like Julius Randle, not my Huckleberry, and I don't think he exactly answers what the Blazers need because a trade for Julius Randle alone doesn't bump the Blazers into the next tier. Does he help? Yeah, he's a, he's, he's probably a better defender than I give him credit for. He can score. He's rugged sometimes. Um, like score at a bunch of different levels. Score on his own with the ball. Can be a playmaking hub. Can run handoffs. Like. Um, has has undeniable some undeniable abilities. I don't love. Um, I guess I I don't love his oeuvre. I don't love that he sometimes it feels like he goes you know oh for four the first uh, four trips down the court determined to drive through someone's chest and take bad shots and then he like lets bricks kind of determine how hard he plays on defense. Um, sometimes when he brings it on defense and hits shots, he's like. Great. Excellent. Um, I think I just, um, the sort of like waxing and waning effect here is that I often feel like I maybe tune in during the waning and I've, I have a low opinion of him, but like, like I said, I am the dumb one here. He keeps making all, he keeps making all NBA. Um, not my, like I said, not my Huckleberry, but if the, if the Knicks are going to, if the Knicks are going to get involved and the Blazers are like, where can we find frontline help? Again, Julius Randle, not my guy, but he could be yours. And he does, like, 
he does would allow Jeremy Grant to maybe play more of the like smaller forward spots or at least um, allow them to play in bigger lineups with with Jeremy and and uh, Julius Randle and a center or he could just play a small ball center and they could run some some five out funky lineups like he does seem to answer some questions but I think him alone doesn't vault you into the next tier that said it's like haters guide right like if if the Knicks are if the Knicks are looking to move and make moves and facilitate and all these things Make calls, get involved, figure out what it's figure out what it looks like, right? Because again, if you could get say they also need to move Isaiah Hartenstein in that in, in, in sort of that same quest, and you're like, that dude is probably a really solid half the game center who could which if you can play half the game, you can start um for not a whole bunch of money. And even though he presents the same problems as Nurk and he's somehow even a worse finisher, it's a little bit cheaper. So maybe we get in here and we move, you know, like it's you Make the calls because chaos, and if the Knicks are really looking for that chaos, or if we're going to be involved in the chaos, get involved. Um, that said, like the Knicks have like good young guards, and they could and oh, like they could just they could just build. They could just build. They won't. Teams don't do that. Um, you gotta go for it, particularly when you lose in the playoffs. But um, who knows? Here's a team I know that's going to make changes. The Philadelphia 76ers flamed out today with a beat down on the road in Boston in Game 7. They lose Game 6 at home. They lose Game 7 in Boston, and it's over for them. It's over for them. Two chances to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Nada. Joel Embiid struggled the end of Game 6. He was a really awful in Game 7. And his running mate, James Harden, also really bad in Game 7. Kept throwing the ball to no one. What Quite a basketball game. Seems like Doc Rivers is going to get fired. At least that seems to be the scuttlebutt. Mark Stein of the Stein Line newsletter reported that the, uh, Philly would strongly consider moving on from Doc Rivers. If um, if they lost, they lost. Um, Stein knows his stuff. I, I believe it's uh, also like... I'm recording this on Sunday evening... Doc might be fired by the time you hear this. Um, so that's it, uh, I'm just maybe a little behind on the news, or uh, or it hasn't happened yet. It's been a bunch of smoke that James Harden is gonna is going to opt out of his player option and either you know find a deal with with Philly or strongly strongly consider returning to Houston, the city that retired his jersey, just not in the basketball arena. So if Harden leaves, and Doc leaves. That's Joel Embiid doing that Will Smith empty living room thing from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> uh, listeners of a certain age will know what that is, and everyone else doesn't know it all. An Embiid trade is a dream. Like, I know how to... I, I'm not dumb. If I wanted this podcast to... Um, if I wanted this show to get a whole bunch of clicks, I would have led with Joel Embiid. You gotta trade for him. The, the like the Sixers together. Like the Sixers have to blow it up. They have to. I don't think they do, and I don't think they will. I'll say this: um, there's like a bunch of sort of pictures on Damian Lillard's Instagram of him and Joel Embiid, and there's been some people kind of, um, you know, dreaming. And it's good to dream. I support the dream. I'm in favor of the dream. But the point of building a basketball team is to get someone as good as Joel Embiid. Why would the Sixers punt? What? What? What would compel them to do that? The only way is that Joel Embiid goes to Daryl Morey and says, "Trade me." And even then, 
Daryl Morey, would he trade Joel Embiid or would he hold him hostage? It's not the first time he's done it. Not the first time he's done it. Not the first time he's done it. But here's the thing. Like, a trade for Joel Embiid has to include Amphrey Simons. It has to include, include Shaden Sharp. Um, like, it, it's, it is all of your good young players and all of your picks. Like, he's the literal friggin' MVP of the league. I'm not even sure the Blazers can put together the most appealing package for what the what the Philly would want. But if it's, you know, f- four picks and three swaps and Amphrey Simons and Shaden Sharp, you make the call. The point of playing, the point of building a basketball team is to get players as good as Joel Embiid. I think it's a total pipe dream that the Blazers can get him. Uh, I think it's kind of like silly to even discuss. That's why I'm kind of burying it in the podcast. Quite frankly, this is how the show is made. Uh, welcome behind the scenes. But um, I do think, like, I do think it is a no-brainer yes if he becomes available and if the if uh, they'll accept the package. Dame plus Joel Embiid plus however you fill out the rest of the roster is worth it. If you can trade for an MVP, do it. You don't look back. You don't look back. You don't haggle. You don't haggle. You don't hold all in shade and sharp because you because you're not going to get Joel freaking Embiid. You're not going to get him anyways. But if, if you don't haggle. You don't, you know, under no circumstances do you haggle. Okay, that's the chaos. A frothy trade market is good for the Blazers. More teams looking to end eras and shed salary is good for the Blazers. But one era is not ending, and one team might not be shedding salary. They might be giving out $600 million worth of contracts. That's your Boston Celtics. Let's talk about Jalen Brown. A, a, a reason, maybe a one-time mildly reasonable dream for the Blazers just got a whole lot more complicated. Let's talk about what Jalen Brown making second-team All-NBA means for the Portland Trail Blazers because I do think it has at least some mild impact. That's what we'll do to close the show. Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers. Jalen Brown voted second-team All-NBA. I didn't even think he was going to make one of the teams, and he made second team. Good for him. Shout out to Mark Jackson's ballot that had him on first team All-NBA. That is not a small thing for Jalen Brown. One, quite an honor. Uh, The elite of the elite, less than 4% of the league makes All-NBA. If you're on that team, you're really good. Jalen Brown, undeniably very, very good. But by virtue of making second team All-NBA, he is qualified for what is known as a designated veteran extension. Or a super max contract, different than a max contract. More years, larger raises. Uh, it 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 bumps up the your max level to the next slot. Like we know, it's it's more money. It's more money. Um, and then there's not a ton of them out there in the league. Um, but it's but Jalen Brown, who before making All NBA, was eligible for an extension in the range of four years and 190 million dollars by making. Second team All-NBA and being eligible for a Supermax extension. This summer, he can sign an extension for five years, $290 million. He made himself $100 million this season by making an All-NBA team. That's a pretty, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good year. And they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. They might go back to the, they might go back to the finals. Shout out to Mark Jackson's ballot. I will. I think, so before Jalen Brown was like a a pipe dream for the Blazers, right? Like, um, I don't think it was concretely reported anywhere other than Locked On Fantasy Basketball. uh, Josh Lloyd mentioned that the Blazers were were, um, 
interested in Mikael Bridges at, among among names, including Jalen Brown. But I don't think I've seen it concretely reported the Blazers will pursue Jalen Brown or interested in Jalen Brown because it's like not that time of year that it would be concretely reported. So you kind of just hear the whispers. What has been reported is Jalen Brown was kind of just. Uh, not not unhappy, but maybe unsettled. And the thing that would settle him in in Boston is a hundred million dollars because you can't switch teams and sign the supermax. The supermax is an extension with the team you were on, with um uh, like with team that drafted you. It's like there's a lot of rules. It's it's like in, it's specifically designed to allow the Celtics to keep a player like. Uh, Jalen Brown. It's more specifically designed to allow the Portland Trailblazers to keep a player like Damian Lillard on a supermax. Uh, but like, it, it's it's you know it's um, it is you you can't leave teams. You can't if you it, the thing was the the speculation was that if he wasn't eligible for the supermax, then signing with the Celtics would be no different than opting out or or you know getting traded and signing an extension with someone else. A hundred million dollars is nothing to sneeze at. So I think the dream is probably dead in terms of a trade this summer for Jalen Brown. He has he's entering the final year of his contract, which is what makes him extension eligible. Um, so he's you know this summer it was like okay maybe they'll have to maybe the, they'll flame out or maybe it just he'll it won't work out. They'll lose in the finals, lose in these conference finals, lose because Joel Embiid played better in Game Six and Seven, and that would lead to the chaos in Boston. Instead, he makes all NBA. There's their season is still rolling on. They've got a very, very good shot of making the finals. So it seems like he'll just stay and sign an extension for what it's worth. If he signs that max super max, he can't be traded for a year. The only reason why I think the super max money could work in the Blazers favor, because there's no negotiation, right? There's no negotiation. You are now eligible for five for two ninety. Jalen Brown is incredibly good. He's young. He's exactly the type of player every every team in the league wants. He plays both ways. He can score at all three levels. He's physical. Like, um, you know, he, he doesn't have a super strong left hand dribble, but he's a very complete basketball player. Really, really, really good. But there's no negotiation. You're not like, okay, well, here's what we're gonna offer. No, you're eligible for the supermax. You're getting the supermax. And why I think it could work out for teams that are interested in Jalen Brown is because Jason Tatum is also eligible for the Supermax by virtue of making the first team All-NBA. And so he's eligible for an even larger extension uh, because of its current salary. But all told, it would be uh, $600 million in salary for the Jays. $600 million. Now, if you're a basketball team and you're trying to be good, you keep those dudes, you pay the money, you figure out what it means like. But with the new CB, what it means later, excuse me. But with the new CBA being more punitive against teams with really expensive rosters, there could be a world in which the Celtics, you know, don't win the finals this year. And they're like, is this a championship core? Jalen, T- Jason Tatum is clearly our best player. Do we want to lock into this, be super expensive, hard to upgrade? Do we think this can work forever and ever and ever? Or do we balk at the Supermax and find a trade? Because if they balk at the Supermax, that's a trade. That's a trade. That's a trade. Like that, that's, that is essentially agreeing to trade Jalen Brown. Uh, in addition, just as like a small note, uh, signed Supermax can't be traded for a year. And also it's like his salary is like upwards of $60 million. Uh, good luck finding the money. <laughs> good luck. Fi- good luck making the salaries work. So like, I I don't think this I don't think the scenario I just laid out is very very likely, but I think there is a there is a chance because there's no negotiation. You know, you're not getting less. You're not getting less. As soon as you're eligible for that, 
not getting less by virtue of being eligible for it, by virtue of being his age and his talent. That's the contract. It's five for 290 or you trade him. And I think there is a world in which the Celtics say, we don't want to be the team to pay him $300 million. No other team gets that opportunity. They'll have to pay him $200 million over four seasons. But I think there is there is a world in which the Celtics have to make that decision. And if that is, you know, the the idea was that it was going to like be Anthony Simons and the fifth pick in the draft for Jalen Brown. Um, and some, and you'd make some, you know, try to make, try to, try to beat some other offers. But if Jalen Brown is truly on the trade market, he's going to be the best player available on the trade market. It's going to be a wild, wild race for him, right? It's going to be one of those four first round picks type of uh, type of things. And uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not even a hundred percent sure if he were on the trade market, that the Blazers could put together the best package, but they would have a competitive package. It's just, would you trade a whole bunch of picks and Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons for Jalen Brown? Cause you know, that's what they're going to ask for. The chaos didn't work out for the Celtics. It didn't work out for um, Hater's Guy. didn't work out for the Celtics perfectly. But I don't think the dream is dead. I don't think it's dead. I think it's a dream deferred. Is that Did I steal that from somewhere? Or did I just make that up? What do you guys think? Okay, that's good. <laughs> On that very stupid note, let's get out of here and end the show. Uh, you were listening to Monday, May, 5th, May 15th show. Tuesday show. It's the day before the draft lottery. We're going to get as lucky as possible. It's going to be the luckiest show you've ever listened to. Rabbit's Feet, Four Leaf Clovers. I don't have a third lucky thing, and that's a bummer for the rule of, of threes. Uh, but, you know, that's just sometimes the way the podcast goes. Uh, we'll get lucky. We're going to get lucky. We'll, we'll, whatever it takes, we're going to bring a lot of luck on Tuesday's show. Wednesday's show, we will react to the Blazers getting the number one pick and having the rights to Victor Wembanyama, Like that will be a really fun thing to look forward to on Wednesday show because the Blazers will have won the draft lottery with their 10 and percent chance and they'll have the rights to Victor Wembanyama, and the city will be saved and we will all be so darn excited. Uh, if it doesn't work out that way, we'll talk about something else, but that's what we're going to talk about on Wednesday show. Uh, also during the draft lottery, uh, make sure you're following the uh, NBA locked in NBA channel on YouTube. We're going to, we will have the crew together talking about it and we will have live reaction as soon as the lottery happens. Um, that's uh, 5 PM Eastern or 5 PM Pacific time. Uh, you're going to want to tune in. The future of the franchise is at stake. What we do each each and every week is five of these episodes. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.